Hey there, it's Cheryl here. This is a very, very special interview and you guys are in for a huge treat. I'm so honored to have Giovanna Mingarelli, the CEO and co-founder of MNC Consulting. Giovanna, thank you so much for taking the time. Cheryl, thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, so we want to talk about, this is a different topic than I've talked about before. I've interviewed a lot of amazing men and women in technology and other fields. And now we're talking about young female leaders um, really stepping up and having the confidence and courage and the importance of them getting into politics. And I think we all agree that it's more important now than ever. And with your company, MNC Consulting, wow, over 100 years of experience in digital and political communications for government agencies, NGOs, and non-for-profit organizations. Holy cow, um, I just have to share, and this is something that we were talking before the interview that I think you didn't even know, but I had the honor of being a co-speaker with your husband, Brandon Lee. Um, and so he had nothing but amazing things to think about you and all of his work that he's done with um, Justin Trudeau. He's like, it, it doesn't pale in comparison, but he's like, it's my wife who you really want to talk to. <laughs> so I just have- so I love him so much. So he's really, he's a self-professed feminist, which he says is a little different in Canada, but he is very proud to throw that out there. And I just wanted to, I think I warned you early on that I would embarrass you a little bit. So there it is. And I just think it's so powerful having male allies, especially ones that are in our household. So um, that's the connection that even you were not aware of a couple minutes ago. I wanted to share that with everyone listening. And so, you know, without further ado, if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. I'd love that. Thank you. Okay, awesome. So... A lot of times what I found either with, you know, one-on-one -on -one clients or when I'm speaking or, you know, um, just the, the audience that some of this digital content's going out to now that I've created is that a lot of um, very high-level, heart-centered female leaders have been inspired a long time ago. Let's say they were inspired from maybe ages, you know, six to 12. Like for me, it was actually from a not so good thing. I got kicked out of a uh, small private school because I was told I wasn't a good enough student. And then and it really affected me for a really long time. But I tried, you know, to turn it around and figure out who gets to decide who's good enough, especially Olympians and high level leaders. And what I found that it's us, we get to decide. So when you, you're already, to me, you're already a young person, but when you are even younger, you know, um, you know, in your childhood, say between six and 12, you know, were there any situations that inspired you that were maybe, uh, maybe it was a, a parent that always believed in you, or maybe it was not such a great experience that kind of uh, propelled you. Can you share a little insight that what initially sparked your interest in the intersection with uh, politics and technology. Absolutely. Um, well, I have to say at a very young age, um, I was really inspired by my mother and by my sisters. So I come from a big family. Um, I have six brothers and sisters. We grew up in a French Canadian town called Rockland, 45 minutes outside of Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada. And um, they were very strong women. Um, my mother in particular, 
with seven kids um, was extraordinary in, in keeping the house together, being incredibly kind and always so generous with her time. And even though we didn't have a huge amount of money growing up, um, of course, my, my father was um, the sole breadwinner and my mom was taking care of seven kids, um, which is a over a full-time job. Um, you know, she was always very positive, right? And so her mindset was, even though, you know, we're a lot, a lot of people in this house and we're all sharing rooms and we've got this huge dog and there's a lot of people to feed, um, we're always going to be okay. And not only are we gonna be okay, we're gonna be great. And you can do anything you want with your life and you should just pursue your dreams. And I, I remember walking into the kitchen one day and saying to my mom, mom, I think I'm gonna be like one of two things when I grow up. She's like, what's that, honey? I was like, well, right now I kind of want to run away with the circus, but then I also want to be the secretary general of the United Nations. And she reminds me of that like every day. And of course, you know, my path has evolved, right? My goal isn't to become the secretary general of the United Nations. However, my work in politics is multipartisan. And all the work that I do is about unifying people around shared goals and, um, you know, and, 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 and common accomplishments and achievements, especially as it relates to, of course, um, getting more women involved and elected um, at all levels of political office and also to empower youth to accomplish their dreams. Yeah, so thanks so much for sharing that. And that's pretty different, you know, the circus. And we're so really glad you picked the one, you know, that you did. And, you know, it's top of mind um, for everyone during this time. Um, we're kind of being globally equalized by um, everything going on, and especially here in the U.S. with, you know, elections coming up. So is there, if you think about yourself or your mother or some of these women who you've influenced and they've taken the baton from you and they're running with it, doing things, they're getting involved, they're making a difference, they're kind of changing the world for the better. Can you share the mindset trait or something that is common across all of them? So, so we can, um, people can be aware of those, maybe, you know, sharpen that tool. Um, Cheryl, I'm sorry, your connection was a little bit um, broken. What I understood was, uh, what is a mindset um, that successful women have used to accomplish their goals? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. But what I add, um, just to add a little bit, I said, if you think about yourself and even your mother inspired you, and maybe some of the women that you handed the baton to and really learned from you and benefited from, benefited from your company, What's kind of a common trait that they really exemplify so we can learn those and for young women looking to get into politics, they can start to sharpen that tool further? So I think we're encountering a bit of technical difficulties. Um, but I'm okay. going to uh, go ahead and answer the question as best as I can. And there you are, you're back. Um, so 
In terms of uh, in terms of the mindset and uh, anyone, so of the women that I've learned from, and in terms of the mindset that I have really made every effort to promote um, within my own um, circle of friends, colleagues, um, mentees, and so on, is uh, is really a sense of I think a combination of fearlessness, um, persistence and believing in yourself. A huge part of either running for office or setting up a business is just having the, the basic self-confidence to do so and, and believing that you can actually accomplish your goal, whatever it is that you um, are, are endeavoring to do. Um, one of the big reasons why, and there, there are many statistics that, that back this up, uh, why women don't run, um, it's a combination of, you know, imposter syndrome, right? So women think, oh, well, you know, I'm just not that good, right? Or if I run, um, you know, people will find out that I'm not that good, right? So there's this whole like tiering of, of, of um, you know, fears we have and doubts we have about ourselves. Um, there's also a combination of um, the unknowns of politics, right? Often the political party structures um, are, are set up not in a nefarious way, but are often set up in a way um, that aren't necessarily conducive to women running. Um, I happen to come from a country, um, Canada, where we've seen tremendous progress for women in elected office in the last um you know, in, in, in the last several elections and, you know, including seeing the prime minister and making a 50-50 cabinet for gender parity, the first time that that was ever done. Um, and, um, you know, I've happened to work quite a lot with women um, in elected officials and so on, um, who've also shared their views on how we can really support more women through different mindsets. And I suppose one person that was particularly inspiring in this regard is a woman called Elizabeth May. She's the former leader of the Green Party of Canada. Um, she was giving a talk um, several years ago and um, basically was sharing one of the difference between women who are successful and unsuccessful um, is a growth versus a scarcity mindset, right? And this is actually, it goes back to Canada's indigenous roots, in fact. Um, the growth versus the, the abundance versus scarcity um, uh, duality um, that we all deal with basically every single day, but that the growth mindset and the abundance mindset is actually what allows us to ultimately succeed, right? And believing in yourself is part of the growth mindset and doubting yourself and being hard on yourself is part of a different mindset. Um, and so all that to say, um, you know, I think whatever political party you come from, whichever part of the spectrum you're on, right, whether that's Canada, the US or anywhere in the world, um, the mindset that we have as women when we choose to either run or set up a business um, or try to accomplish a goal um, will make the biggest impact. And that mindset is the single most important thing to check in on every single day. Um, and there, there are ways to do that as well. Yeah. And so as we were talking about before, you know, I can share some ways, you know, to do that as well that I'm sure you're very well of and you're, you know, already practicing those. And, you know, there's a lot of research. There's probably at least 40 years of human performance research that 
backs up exactly what you're saying, as does Carol's Carol Dweck's book, Mindset, and her life's work. And I'm so, reading it. Yes. yes, it's an excellent book. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's science to prove that. That's amazing. Yes. And so having a growth mindset um, is definitely important. And just to piggyback onto what you said, you know, world-class performers, um, you know, whether in athletics or politics or business, they tend to think not like I am here and what I want is over there. They tend to think with the end in mind that they've already achieved it. And just having that mindset shift and making what they want and deserve very vivid and visceral, then, then um, fair, failure tends to look a little differently because they have a setback and then they're like, okay, well that didn't work. I've already achieved it. So what do I, you know, where do I go next? What's the next door? Who do I need to ask for help? What do I need to learn? How do I get better? I mean, that's really the how of how to, you know, when you get knocked down, how to dust off and keep going. So that perspective is really important. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. And so I have a, you know, a question for you. If, um, and I always said, I said before we were talking, you're already very young, but if you were to coach your even younger self, let's roll back the clock, let's say to your early twenties mm. and you were to, you know, explain to your younger self, you know, what made you most successful up to this point and maybe what advice would you give her that maybe some young emerging um, female politicians can you know, learn from and maybe shorten the curve so they can, you know, be a little faster out of the shoots? That's a great question. So I got involved in politics when I was 15, uh, working on Parliament Hill as a co-op student. I had no real interest in politics. I didn't really know much about it, but I loved people uh, coming from a big family and I wanted to be able to work with people. Um, and so, um, from the age of 15 to basically 22, I went through a full political cycle. Um, I started by, you know, doing that co-op placement for my member of parliament. And um, by by 20, I was working in the prime minister's press office for um, the right honorable Paul Martin, the former prime minister of Canada, and, um, and then left politics uh, in 2016 to go into tech, where I then started working in the tech startup sectors in England, New York, um, and and other places around the world. Um, and of course, started up my first company in 2010. If I could go back uh, to myself at 22, so I guess like right when I was leaving politics and going into tech, I would just, I would tell myself to just relax and let the world unfold more, right? To not try so hard because Yes, I was able to accomplish a lot at a very young age. Um, you know, by any standard at that point in my life, I was doing very well. Um, but at the same time, I struggled really seriously with anxiety and also, um, you know, some depression. And that's actually pretty typical. Like when you look at the stats now, um, anxiety and depression walk hand in hand and they're like in the top two most common, um, uh, you know, issues like, um, uh, disorders, I suppose in North America. 
Um, and teens, especially today with social media and so on, are dealing a lot more with those two issues. And that's something that I was experiencing back then, but like, you don't really know how to articulate it. You don't really know how to talk about it. It wasn't really so socially acceptable. Like now we have more tools and platforms and, and open communication about it. Um, I wish I had loved myself more and I wish I could tell myself that, you know, you don't have to try so hard, it's gonna be okay. Um, and take care of yourself better. I, and I think that that's important for a lot of young women, especially right now when there's so much pressure, social pressure to like be perfect, to say the right things all the time, to look the right way, to be, you know, X, Y, Z, to accomplish this goal. Like it's just exhausting. And so, yeah, really like to my younger self, chill out and, you know, read a lot and enjoy your life and everything is going to unfold and you're going to be awesome and fabulous. You just don't have to try so hard. Yeah. Okay. I think that is amazing advice. And when you say take better care of yourself from your perspective, looking back on you, um, and then if your younger self said, okay, great, I hear that I need to take better care of myself, but what's one thing I could start doing, or what does that mean? You give meditation. Uh, yeah, I would. I would have started meditating back then. So I started yoga around that time, which was super helpful. Um, so basically, so better, more focused on health, right? Like healthy eating, healthy living. Um, one of the, you know, one of the side effects of politics is often like poor diet, high stress, not enough sleep. Um, often eating bad food. It's pretty typical. Um, and so, and also incidentally in the tech startup space, it can also be true. Um, and so um, I think, you know, back then starting with yoga was great. Now um, taking care of myself is a combination of yoga, healthy eating, so lots of greens, taking my vitamins. Um, I, uh, I also meditate every day. And that is something that has com like almost completely gotten rid of my anxiety, right? Over, over just years of practice. Um, it's practicing self-love because you're taking care of yourself, right? You're saying, I love myself enough to put boundaries on my time, to not take calls, to not answer text messages, to not be on social media, like to just not have to be on all day, right? So I can sit here and be kind to myself. And when you do that, it's amazing because your mind just naturally like opens and the stuff that you've been stressing about often just come like you, you figure it out, right? Like the solutions come and, and it, you're so much more productive after. And so there's a tremendous value, I think, in being kind to yourself and loving yourself. And meditation is a really great way to, you know, bring that all together, to, to bring together your wellness and your you know, combination of physical, mental wellness, and kindness um, as a daily practice. Be more kind. Yeah. That is great advice. So, um, so I love that, that actionable tip. And a lot of times it's difficult for people to meditate, at least, you know, me included. Uh, we kind of feel like we have monkey mind or it's hard to sit still. And so just maybe start small, which I imagine maybe you did, even if it's for a couple minutes or taking, totally. 
take that time, you know, in the morning, your evening routine and take the time in the middle of the day, even, even if it's for five or 10 breaths, you know, or one minute or three minutes or just mm -hmm. start small and build that muscle. So I could not agree with you more, you know, especially now. And um, just to interject too, from the lens that I'm looking out lens that I'm looking through, why this is so important is that our greatest sense of um, productivity and confidence and growth comes from a place of being calm and still, like you said, are a lot of people are thinking about their purpose and what's their next best move. And, you know, what is their, their, their purpose in this, in this world? And then what's the next step to get there. But a lot of times we expend a lot of energy and effort searching when to your point, if we can be still it, the next best step will come to us. We don't need to work as hard. Absolutely. Yeah. So thanks for bringing that. So I know that, you know, we're coming full circle to women in cloud. I know that you are involved with some of their efforts, you know, with Chaitra, who's a conversation for another day. She's like, amazing. Um, I have to give her a shout out, but um, you know, after speaking at that conference and getting involved in that community over the last two years, I'm so impressed by the, um, the progress and the access that they're creating for women. So can you tell us a little bit about that? And then also for folks that are listening and want to get involved, what's one thing that we can do to take action? So, there are a couple of ways. Uh, one is my uh, my husband, Brandon, and I, we recently started hosting powerful women's dinners mm -hmm. at our home on a monthly. We don't do them now, like since COVID, um, but we we had started doing them. We'd been doing them for, for seven or eight months. And um, we would bring together eight women every month who are amazing and doing extraordinary things across all fields. And we would have a dinner. Um, and we would get to know each other and build trusting relationships. And, um, it was through one of those dinners that I met Chaitra, <laughs> full circle again, the president of Women in Cloud. And, um, you know, we've been able to develop meaningful and beautiful relationships with so many of these extraordinary women as a result of these dinners. And I think, you know, when we look at politics, when we look at business, um, one of the areas that there's always so much conversation about is developing the power networks mm -hmm. of, of women, right, who can actually work together, do deals together, uh, run together, right, build supportive networks together. And so hosting a dinner and Cheryl, we, you know, we, we talked about this earlier, right, hosting a dinner is a really simple way to do that. And it turns out that anyone with a kitchen, right, who maybe, I mean, you need to like to cook because otherwise, like, it could be a challenge, but um, but yeah, hosting a dinner is a really simple way to do it. That is, that is amazing. That's a good idea. I'm right. I'm, I'm stealing that idea if you don't mind. Yes, of course. And they're Jeffersonian dinners. Okay, um, so non-attribution. So people can really be open and, 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 and share, um, their, you know, life stories and feelings in a very, um, a very friendly uh, way. Yeah, that leads to a lot of closeness in a short period of time. Yeah, and it seems like relationships now more than ever important in business um, and, you know, gaining the impact that we want and deserve because it's not going to happen alone. So that's an amazing idea. And I suppose it wouldn't be the same having a virtual one, but it would be a good start 
to transition them mm -hmm. into the real thing. Um, so, well, can you tell everyone how to specifically get involved? Um, can we look at the Women in Cloud site? Should we go to your um, to your website? What what? How can people get in touch and help? Absolutely. So, um, I mean, one of the projects that I have been working on um, for for quite a while since last year is Women in Cloud's billion dollar economic access campaign to give women led STEM businesses access to a billion dollars um, by 2030. And the basic issue is that right now only 2% of women led SMEs win million dollar contracts or more, which is crazy um, given the breadth and scale of, of, of business in, in tech. And so um, we are actively working on engaging all the political parties in Canada, um, as well as you know, various government agencies in Canada and the United States um, to get them involved in this billion dollar economic access campaign with great success to date. We just completed 21 days of economic access, which featured Canada's former prime minister, the right honorable Kim Campbell, which is Canada's first and only women prime minister, also featured um, uh, uh, um, Kate Roberts, I'm so sorry, Kate Roberts, the founder of the Maverick Collective, which is a hundred million dollar impact organization funded by Melinda Gates and co-founded by Crown Princess um, Metamerit of Norway. Um, and uh, we announced this initiative in Davos in January. So Women in Cloud is full steam ahead in 2020, regardless of the current unfortunate situation that we find ourselves in with COVID, um, but is still very active hosting regular webinars and virtual hangouts and very much available for women who would like to get more involved in women's leadership in the STEM field um, and also um, be, contribute to um, what we hope to be seismic policy change uh, in the economic access for women, uh, both within the Canadian and US governments to begin and then extending internationally to markets like India, um, where Women in Cloud is already making inroads as well. So you can vivi visit the Women in Cloud website. Um, and what is that? womenincloud.org. If you would like to contact me and reach out directly, jovannamingarelli.com. It's on the bottom of the screen. Okay, great. And yeah, so this is something simple. I am, you know, I am involved and I just, all it takes is joining that community. And it's just, if you're wondering one thing that you can do that's simple, um, go ahead and check that out because like you said, they are full steam ahead. Nothing is getting in the way for economic access for women in tech with this organization and you can be a part of it. So, um, and then I just, I really want to thank you so much. Again, this is Giovanna Mingarelli. Um, you can contact her at her website that is scrolling on the bottom. Be sure to have a look at womenincloud.org. My name is Cheryl Klein. If you want to have access to these interviews and upcoming interviews, go ahead and follow me here on LinkedIn, or you can join my community at www.cherylkline.com. Thank you so much again, Giovanna. Uh, it's been an honor. You are so inspiring and um, keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Cheryl, so much. It was my pleasure. Uh, really delighted to speak with you today. And um, please, everyone, be in touch. Yeah, thanks so much. I look forward to continuing the conversation, Giovanna. Thanks again for your time. Me too. Thanks, Cheryl.